Welcome to Rising of the Divine. We are so glad that you're here with us as we share our sacred space of real raw truth of what it means to be a masculine and feminine rising. My name is Jeanette and sitting next to me is my husband, John, of over 20 years. This is our place to share with you what it means to be connected with the divine and the sheer grit, but also the glory you receive if you can stay the course. Join us and our guests as we share the unfiltered life both shamelessly and without guilt. Let's get started on today's episode. All right, welcome back to the part two of the last episode where we're talking about the wounded feminine and the wounded masculine. Last week, John was a sacrifice. This week, I'm going to be the one that's going to be sacrificed. Um, I'm ready. I will say that this exercise is, um, it has been a little bit difficult for me because when you're the one that's coming on camera with your vulnerabilities and some of the behaviors you've picked up or the wounds that you carry, sometimes it's hard to be seen. And so this was a little bit harder for me coming into this. Um, but I will say that when John and I, and I, I, I really believe we went through this together because in 2021, when I started watching TikTok and there was all these TikToks that were talking about, um, you know, what women experience on a day-to-day -day basis with men and, and, you know, all of the patriarchal things that women experience in, in the direct, I want to say treatment from men, it just fired me up. So I feel like the whole year of 2021 was really understanding what it means to have both the masculine and feminine in the divinity of it, that we all carry both and what it means to have the wounded side of it. And John and I talk about this a lot already, just in the short time we've had this podcast, that awareness is everything. And so I will say that as hard as this exercise was for me personally, was it hard for you? Yeah, it was very hard. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still today is a hundred times easier than it would have been in 2021. So that's like the light at the end of the tunnel that I want to share so that people can understand more that just awareness is, is key. And that's all 2021 was, is just really building the awareness around what that meant to have masculine and feminine so yeah well, i think before we even jump into it, i think you know what she talked about with awareness is really what the entire podcast has been up to this point and i think we, we actually wanted to spend some time talking about where we're going to head from here mm -hmm. uh, because as, as we were talking about you know the first few episodes and probably including this episode these are really what we call foundation we just really wanted you guys to have a foundation of where we're coming from where, where our kind of our beliefs have gotten us to where we got to the rising of the divine but we're seeing with so much going on in the world around us, we really want to go, I wouldn't even say a different direction, but just have a focus on where the rising of the divine goes. Because I think there's it's so much pressure and stress and things mm -hmm. going on in our world today that this should be a place of light. This should be a place of hope and light and things that can really aspire. Even in the challenging times we're going through, I think every one of us is feeling that. I know that you had a, you, you were talking about this, you and I, this morning, but I think you had a really good way to elaborate on really what we see as the direction the rise of the divine kind of goes after we get through these foundational pieces. Well, the I want to say the difference in what we're talking about and coming forward with in the in this podcast is the difference between spiritual bypassing and just being able to see the silver lining and highlighting the silver lining or highlighting the I want to say underlying benefits or indirect benefits to the struggles that we face as a united consciousness, as as a planet, as our countries, as our cities, as our homes. 
Um, whereas spiritual bypassing, I feel like is, um, well, what I kind of grew up with, which is more of, of, of the approach of like, always think positive, always look, always, always, you know, be the sunshine. Like that to me is spiritual bypassing. That's nowhere at all acknowledging the shadow side, the struggle side and highlighting that. So I think just us being able to highlight that. And it goes back to what I was saying about awareness being simply enough to shed light into things and be the beacon of light inside of rising of the divine. Is that what you were referring to? Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to say it. It's just, I think it's important for our audience to understand where we're going and why we've started with the foundational pieces that we're with now, um, but how we're moving forward. Because I think we both felt, especially recently, just the pressures of what's you know, kind of what I think you said, the veil being lifted yeah, and so much being exposed. You know, a lot of triggers started with COVID and ongoing since then. But I think there's just so much doom and gloom that we forget about. There's so much positive that's still happening in our world. And so if yeah. we can be a, a place to share the positive, even in the in the struggles and challenges and dark that may be a part of our existence right now. Yeah, because the veil being lifted is, I really believe that collectively so many people wanted to see behind the veil. And they wanted to see the truth, which to me, you know, removing the veil is like removing a little bit of a layer, you know, one layer at a time and then getting to see what's on the other side. And what's on the other side is not always what we think we want to hear. Like it sometimes is going to cause us to have to look at ourselves. It's going to sometimes cause us to have to go into our own shadows and do our own work because we can't just put the blame on everything else. But um my point is, is the veil lifting is not always easy. And yes, we're getting to learn a lot of the truths. We're getting to see where we've been manipulated, where there's been propaganda, where we've been lied to for so long. And at the same time, yes, we also have to stop and look at ourselves and see how we can do the work within our within ourselves. So the veil lifting is not always easy. But I don't think that it has to be that we constantly have really, you know, deep conversations or like always highlight the shadow and you know, I think that there's some really great stuff. And like I said, we, we've seen just since the awareness year of the masculine and feminine, how much better our relationship has gotten, how much better our life overall as a whole has, has become. I mean, I was just talking with my daughter, our daughter Montessa this morning about this, how much better life has become. Better doesn't mean that you don't have problems. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that there's not major issues in the world. It just means you learn how to handle them differently. You learn how to have a different perspective. That's what I want to highlight. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the best way to say it is better is not perfection. Yeah, it's just it's just being awareness of, of what what's good around you and what else is the other challenges. So, but yeah. I, so point point being, our future podcasts are going to be much more. Um, it's great that we can share our story, and it's great that we can come on here and we can give a little piece to who we are in in our share. But there's a lot more that that needs to be brought into this the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the output. So, okay. Okay. Well, I think that's good, good place to jump into this. And so for those of you that didn't see the last episode, you may want to go back. That was, I went first, Jeanette called it a sacrifice, although it really didn't feel like a sacrifice, but it was difficult. And we talked about really what we're going to talk about today, which is the wounded masculine, the healed masculine, the wounded feminine and the healed feminine, and really how those show up for Jeanette in her personality and her traits, behaviors, what it just looks like for her. And so um, I'm just going to, I took notes. So if you're watching on video, I have my notes in front of me. First time I'm kind of going through this. But for, for the first thing for you put on here for wounded masculine, you said plowing over men, angry. I don't need a man. Men are useless. I'll mm-hmm. do it myself. 
So it kind of looks a little bit like competition for me. In if I see a man doing something, I immediately want to just go and do it better than them or compete with them. Um, it's very much a wound because it's not coming from a place of like, if a man's actually doing something that I deeply want to do, that I'm aligned with in my life, that I want to get good at, that I want to go compete with them. That's different. This is actually coming from a place like, I want to show you, I want to prove to you that I'm better than you. And really, it's it's proving to myself that I'm better than a man. So that is what it looks like okay. for me. Yes. And there's, is there a part of that shows up that like you don't even need the man in this behavior? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't at all feel like I need a, need a man in, in that state of mind at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. So the next one you have on here is harsh with my tongue, cursing very easily. So the wounded masculine side of me wants to carry, and this is the way I see it, because cursing to me, it's important that I put cursing in there, cussing, cursing, whatever, um, because that's something that I picked up early on, like very young in my life, I picked up cursing. And what I learned is because of the way language carries frequency, when I say a curse word, and especially if I use it in certain kind of ways, if I'm coming from a wounded place, it's like having a weapon. It's like a dagger. I can penetrate in a very domineering way that is like complete and in the wounded way is coming off completely um, like I don't care. It's like I don't care. So I'm just going to just use that to, to get right to the point and go is cut deep, cut deep with like, my like almost like a weapon. Well, that's what I said. It is. It's like a weapon. It is a weapon. That's how that's something that I learned in, in my behaviors that cuts deep for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. The, the next one you have on here is short temper going from zero to 100 when something upsets you. So this is, you know, a lot of the things that um, that I put on my list I would say are learned behaviors early on and they've been very difficult for me to break. And that's, I think when they're learned early on, that's what makes them so hard for me to break them. So this is one that is very difficult for me to, well, I shouldn't own it. It, it has been difficult for me to break, but it is where I can't like, there's no in between zero to a hundred when something upsets me or pisses me off. Like that, it, that's how it sounds. That pisses me off. And then I go from zero to a hundred. There's no in between. There's no, you know, the, the, the woundedness in it is like, is like, I don't, you know, it, it, I don't process it this way, but this is what in a really quick version happens for me. It's like, I go from zero to a hundred and in between there, all that's really happening is I want my point heard or I want to dominate that that argument or that fight because I felt violated. So it's like taking it all completely personally and then, yeah, just just having just a totally 100 reaction. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, and one, one thing you said on there that I because it made me think about last week when I, we went through this together. You said learn behavior, and I think that that's important for the audience to hear is that when you're when you're going through this, and I, at least it was the same for me, and I'm sure you might be able to elaborate more, is that some of this stuff was not by choice per se, right? It was learned yeah. behaviors or conditioning. And so when you said this was a learned behavior, I think that's that's where you have some awareness and you can really figure out, you know, not be so hard on yourself, that some things were out of your control. 
Yes, and also that can be an excuse. So I think there's a fine line to that, of course. And, and I don't think we need to necessarily point that out to anybody because I think everybody can kind of understand that we can excuse ourselves by saying that's something that is learned and then just standing behind that. But at the same time, um, the things that we learn from whether it be our parents or people that we're raised by or ra raised around or um, even subtle behaviors um, around people that we spend a lot of time with, that becomes deeply ingrained in us. So there is a large part of it that I think, I want to say, like, how did you say it? Not excuse it, but have grace on yourself. Have grace and mercy on yourself for some of these behaviors when you're becoming aware. Just, I think for me, it's like kind of like holding myself a little bit. It's okay. It's all right, you know? Um, so yeah, that is definitely one I learned. Okay. <laughs> I think my family can agree. We learned that behavior. Any other ones that you want in Wounded Masculine before I move on? Just aggression. I mean, just like overall aggression. I think, you know, I know that this is not a male-female thing at all. This is not about a male or female thing. Direct. Uh, how, do we, how do I say that? It's maybe not initially to be looked at like a male or female thing, but maybe it is. Because the aggression is a huge side of the wounded masculine for me. And I learned that because, well, I believe I learned that. Where I actually learned that, the origin of it, I can't say that I've ever traced all the way back. But I really believe that was learned by seeing men be very, like, domineering in their physical energy. Like, men are typically much stronger than women in their physical body. So to me, the, when I say aggression, it's like activating my physical body to be able to plow through or dominate something, whatever it is. It doesn't, it could be like putting together a table. And if I get pissed off and I go to like that zero to a hundred or whatever happens that triggers me into that woundedness, I right away want to use my physical body in a very aggressive domineering way. So that, that one is a, is a big one for me. Yeah. Well, I think and I think when you explain it too, you said it, it's not necessarily male or female, but it's interesting as I think back as we went through this, aggression showed up for me in Wounded Masculine as well. So you're coming in from a female perspective, me coming from aggression showed up for both of us in Wounded. It just happened that yours is more vocalized, yours is more out there, mine was more passive. But aggression as a tr personality trait showed up for both of us in Wounded Masculine. So it, it, that just lets me know it isn't really a male, female yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, I don't think it is a male thing actually now that I, I mean, just hearing myself like right now, I... Definitely, because I know women that I, where where we got it, it doesn't matter. Mm. But it is a huge one for me, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people that will re relate to that one specifically. So yeah, well, I think I think it's good because that's good clarity. Because I think so often, at least I, and I could just all speak for myself. When I first learned about masculine and feminine, I only thought about it as male and female, mm -hmm. and so it's not. It's traits. It's things that happen in both of us. So, well, I thank you for sharing those ones. Let's go into because I want to hear. You know, we've seen the side of the wounded. What does it show up for you when it looks like on the healed masculine? So the healed part of your masculine energy. The first thing you had is Zen meditative movement in your actions. Yes, because when I think of masculine, I right away think of action. I think of movement. I think of of actually going into movement. Um, but it's the opposite of what I was saying, which is going from, um, you know, plowing over things, being aggressive. So it's the opposite. So it's more calculated in, in my, my movements. And when I say movements, that isn't just like, I really, I really do practice this a lot in my life. I have to practice this a lot in my life. Like this is a, this is like 
a life or death thing almost for me to practice Zen movement in my masculine. But what it looks like is maybe sometimes if I'm doing the dishes and I'm trying to think of like, sometimes if I go to put something in the dishwasher and it won't quite fit, I, I will feel an instant agitation. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's hormones that are kicking in or it doesn't matter. Maybe I'll get like agitated. If I'm practicing in that Zen energy of movement of action, because masculine to me is very action based. Um, I'm more calculated in it. So I have that pause period, that sacred grace period of like being able to think before I actually take action. It's a huge one for me. That is very, very healed masculine to me. Calculated in your movements. Very calculated. Okay. So, so I'm just curious because I'm thinking about the comparison. So this, if plowing through is wounded, this is like calculated, slow processing, thinking through before you move through the movement. It doesn't have to be slow. It can still be plowing. It's just knowing when to plow is going to be um, coming from the right place. It's all about intentions. All of this is about intentions. Truly, every single ounce of this is about our intentions. What is our intentions behind everything? And, and I mean, I sound like I know something. I'm over here trying to figure this out for myself. So I'm not saying it as if I know this and I embody this every day. I'm, But it is very much so like a calculated chosen action, no matter what it is. Because like I said, it could be plowing. There's times I'm putting the table, that same table together that pissed me off and I like throw the leg of the table. And then there's times where I need to actually bang the shit out of that leg to get it to come into place. You see what I mean? So yeah, that is the healed masculine, very okay. healed. Okay, but that actually kind of leans it leads into your second one here. I think it's when you're talking about you still could plow through or do it, but it's calculated. You put in here stern, yet loving with my boundaries, and truth around others and for yourself. So the healed masculine in the sternness is being. It's it kind of sounds like and this this sounds, whatever. I'm gonna just say it. Stay being able to stand up for myself, but. Nah, that kind of has a bad connotation as attached to it because that kind of sounds like, you know, you're like being bullied or something like this is more like I know what I want and I'm able to speak what is acceptable and unacceptable for me, even if it means I've got to, you know, speak sternly or. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty straightforward being able to speak my truth on my boundaries even if it's stern. Okay. But so almost like a level of confidence in your decisions. It's it's strong because you know it's it's the right decision. Is that kind of how I, we can interpret it? Um yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't Okay. I I was just I was curious. I I understand what you're saying here. The, the next one you have um strong and powerful in your physical body yet non-threatening. Mhm. Mm well, that's the opposite of the aggression. The healed masculine is not having to use my physical Assertion, assertion? Is that how you say yeah, that? Yeah, assertion. Not having to use it, but also knowing that I can and when to use it. So again, it, it just really goes back to that that Zen action, uh, calculated, intentional actions is healed for me. Okay. Um, and the, the last one you have in here for healed masculine is clear and confident in decision making within your businesses. Uh, this is like a whole podcast in itself, I think, for women especially. Um, and this is something that's really being, I do want to put this on the record. This is a pin that needs to be dropped. I really believe this, um, because I don't know what's around the corner. I'm not asking to know everything that's around the corner right now. Um, because I think our plates are pretty full. My plate is pretty full, 
But this one is huge because, and specifically around what I said at the tail end of that around businesses, I know 90, I will say 90% of the women that I have spent time with do not believe in themselves in running a business. Hmm. They feel that they are they don't know how to do it. They're not smart enough. They don't know how to ask for their value in exchange. They're afraid to ask for exchange. It's the martyr energy. And we're seeing it coming through. I, I'll say I'm seeing it coming through as I enter into more of what I would call like the healing world. As I enter more of like this priestess energy, this um, healer, light worker energies that, that, that I'm spending a lot of time with these people that we're like-minded and we're in the same field, I guess you could say, um, frequency, the, the martyr energy is in, it's insane. And so for me, that shows up in me very strongly in, in my life. And I think it was very like obvious and especially in the, in the business I had in for almost 10 years. Well, I guess I had it for like eight years. Um, it was really predominant in that and I and it I didn't know how to make decisions around business very well I felt very less than like what's the word it's like less than but anyway so the opposite of that would what is truly and I'm learning that now and that's what's I think why I'm able to even say it so in such a positive vibe and, and say it so happy right now is that I'm learning that I'm learning how to make clear concise calculated well thought out and even sometimes very quick decisions in running the center or helping running an agency elevated in our businesses. I've never had that. So I, I do think that that is something that, that is a result you know, the woundedness of it is a result of, um, you know, the, the women being, being severed from their, their divine feminine energy, the mother. So, um, I am seeing that that is still very, very prevalent with women. So I put a pin in there because who knows what's coming. I really want to see how I can help with that. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Is, is there anything else you want to share on the healed, healed before we move on to the feminine side? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. So the, the next thing then we're going to cover is, so we've talked about your wounded masculine, how it shows up healed masculine, but on the feminine side. So on the mm -hmm. wounded feminine, the first thing you said was insecure as a woman around men and women. Yep. And both physically. Yep. So this little section right here for me holds a lot of trauma. There is a lot of trauma around the wounded feminine for me. Very, very deep trauma. So when I when I mention some of these things on here, I just want to say that I feel like there needs to be a future podcast around some of these things. Just, just this section of it. So what was the first one? Oh, okay. Insecure around men and women. And I, I said that specifically men and women because, you know, I used to think when I was younger that I was insecure around women. Let's say it be because they had a quote unquote better body than me. Although what does that really mean? Or maybe they had whatever, a better relationship. Their family was more put together. I don't know. It, it's so many things. But very typical type of things that you that women would think of very catty things. But then as I started to really, I'll say, wake up or uh, come into this rebirth, basically, since 2019, I realized like I'm actually equally in, as insecure around men. I feel that for the longest time of my life, and I'm going to be 45 soon, and I will say probably just in the last three years, 
it has gotten a hundred times better. And especially this last year that when I would be around men, I'm actually extremely insecure around, do I look good enough? Do I look acceptable to the man? Do, are they approving of me? You know, do they find me like these, it, it, this, this is where it got hard for me. Cause it's like, damn, I got to admit some of the shit that goes through my head, but these are the intrusive thoughts that really stem from some deep subconscious wounds and some deep wounds that trace back thousands of years, you know, the, before the Roman empire, when, when, you know, um, the, the fall of the Greek times, like this is where it began. And, um, so for me, I had to realize like my insecurities weren't just about around women. They were just as much around men, the approval, the validation, the acceptance of men. And, um, it is still absolutely here. I still find myself having thoughts running through my mind about these things. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, are you serious that you actually just wondered if you look good for like a split second of time? And then, and then of course I'm having to like constantly re well, not constantly now, but like recalibrate this. It, it's so deep that it's still here. And I've done, I would say a solid, solid amount of work since 2019 on this and we're in 20 almost 2024 holy crap i've done at least four solid years of work on just this one area so yeah insecure around men as well thank you for sharing that one i and i could tell when you were going through that that one was a little bit of a tougher one for you when you your body moved around a little bit that oh, one was... it pisses me off it, yeah. it, it really it pisses me off and you know i used to want to blame men um I did. I spent a long time blaming men and I still feel that that's like, I still kind of work through moments of that. But, um, the reality is that I had to, when I began to be aware of it, it meant I had to take responsibility for it. And that is similar to what we're talking about with the veil. We don't get to have the veil lifted and ask for the truth and not expect to have to see some shadows or our own reflection in the mirror coming back at us of like, oh, now it's your time to do the work. So it's 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 on me. It is absolutely on me. I cannot sit and put this all on men anymore. It has to be that I'm the one that is checking myself, doing practices, working on alignment, um, always trying to be as aware as, as possible when I go out of my house, you know, just when I leave my house, you know. Hmm. Wow. So... Um... Well, that was a that was a deep one. Well, and the next one you have on here is emotionally erratic or unpredictable, and then unstable. Mm -hmm. And this needs to be with a big fat disclaimer on here that we are holding sacred space in this podcast for women and their hormones, um, their moon cycle, and what we experience on a monthly basis and on our calendar, our moon cycle basis. So I'm going to put that little disclaimer in here. This is that this is not a call out guilt, shame or anything that would um, put any. Uh, how am I? I can't really articulate what I'm trying to say, but go ahead and go into it and then I'll be able to make more sense. I'll be able to articulate it better. Well, so I, I think when you what I'm hearing you say is that this is separate from your moon cycle. This is not, sort of, but this, okay. So this sort is, of. but not necessarily putting all the light on that because right. I think that's where the feminine and female specifically get casted under your hormonal. you all. So yeah. And Quit there PMSing. is, yeah. And there's a part of that is biological. I heard my brothers don't do that. Your brothers don't act like that. So you shouldn't get to act like that. And I'm like, Oh shit. But I feel like a psychopath right now, <laughs> you know? 
So well, I think what what I heard you say there's a disclaimer that there, there is a biological chemical thing that's going on in your body. Absolutely. And that, but that may not necessarily what you're talking about when you're talking about the wounded feminine for you of being emotionally erratic or unpredictable. Yeah, but it's similar to what we were talking about before. It's like where I don't want to give an excuse for erratic behavior and emotionally charged behavior that is wounded and just blame it on my hormones all the time. But definitely we know, we know I can tell you when I can't, like I'll feel, and you know, well, we've, we've really begun in the last few years. I think everybody should do this. I think every woman should do this, have a true understanding of your cycle and what you actually go through and monitor it and be aware of it. Um, because there are times where I can honestly say like, I feel psycho and I like to say it like that. Other women can use it, you know, say it how they want. I don't mean disrespect for other women. If you feel a little off your rocker, um, sometimes, but I know when I'm hormonal, like purely hormonal, cause I can't really trace it exactly to what's causing it or maybe like what caused it isn't that big of a deal. So I know the difference. Okay. This is a fine line. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a fine line. We're playing on a fine line with this, but okay. What did I write? Emo- okay. Emotionally erratic. Emotionally erratic or unpredictable. Yeah. Unstable. Um, yeah. That's, that's just where, um, for me, the wounded feminine side of it with my emotion is not being accountable for my emotions and not being responsible for my emotions. And, you know, the, the mass wounded masculine and the wounded feminine, they, they do start coming so close together that you kind of can't tell which is which. And we, we sort of touched on that last episode. I feel like that a little bit with this, but the emotional erraticism is like where I'm not at all applying the masculine. I'm not at all applying the masculine. And in fact, I'm letting my emotions just be like as big as they want and as pissed off as they want and um, not being accountable for, for how it's affecting other people or yeah. Is that like, does that make sense? Yeah. And I, and I think as you go into the next one, cause they're kind of both tied, I think it's going to wrap it all okay. really together. So you, your next one you said is emotionally led with my decisions. Thus you're making yeah. hasty decisions or ones that won't, that won't really solve anything. Oh yeah, that's like why they say if you're if you're having a really hard day or what do they say about not if you're having a really hard day but don't go like cut your hair. If you're feeling really upset about something, don't go make a big decision. And that's the wounded feminine for me because it when I get when I get triggered into that state of like totally emotionally erratic like and for me what that looks like is like um, like I'll fly off the handle at one person and the next thing I'm flying off the handle at another person. And then like, then I'm crying or like I'm yelling and I'm crying. Like it's truly, it's totally erratic. I don't know how anybody could deal with it from the outside, but it's just as hard being on the inside. I will say that. And, um, and when I'm, when I get triggered into that state and I say I get triggered, but sometimes I don't even know that there's a trigger. It just kind of shows up too. Um, I definitely know that those are the worst times to be making decisions because I'm I'm not at all applying any of my zen masculine energy into it. It's just a completely erratic, yeah, wild card hmm. feminine. Okay. The the last one on you have on here and I and I think this will be a big one for you. I could be wrong. Under wounded feminine is needy to a man's validation. Yep, I mean that goes back to the first one that I said where being insecure. This is and this this is again another pen that we can drop into this podcast where we could easily go and and 
and make this an entire episode because I see this all the time. You know, my the girl that does my eyelashes, you know, you spend a whole hour with each other or more under the light doing your eyelashes. I love getting my eyelashes done, by the way. And um, we were talking this week about um, when I was getting my eyelashes done, how she how she saw a, a young girl walking into the to the I don't know, the gym or where she was walking or whatever. She had like really, really short. She was like literally you could see her butt cheeks and then she had a crop top on. And and she said, but that's the type of stuff that I see that I really do have to wonder if they're actually doing dressing that way to receive validation from men. You know, and then there's also to plead to that on the other side, devil's advocate, we should be able to dress however the frick we want to dress, period. So I'm going to put that on here as a disclaimer as well. But this is more like I am actually doing things to manipulate or evoke a man to give me attention, to let me know that I'm like attractive or here or I don't even know. It's like, it's like good enough, um... Am I mate worthy? <laughs> like, it's so stupid. It's so dumb, like even hearing myself say it. But really, especially in my younger, in my 30s, I I didn't really, I could never have articulated it like this, but I would, I would actually, like, I would want to know would they want to have sex with me, which is like a primal thing. Like, would they want, am I still like um, biologically yeah, attractive biologically. Biologically attractive, like it, that's how deep it it ran for me. But yeah, it's it's needy to a man's validation, and I would say that 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 was um, exactly the word. It was extremely needy for me. Whereas, you know, what we talked about coming onto this podcast that I'm really grateful to share is I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to live free from that. That was like being in prison. I swear to gosh, it was like being in prison. That one thing on this list, that one thing on this list is literally the catalyst to everything for me. Needy to a man's validation. I used to really feel like I was never going to be able to live free from that. And we talked on the beginning of this podcast about being able to share more from, you know, illuminating the shadow and illuminating where these are some of the the lessons that carved us into being who we are able to show up as today in the archetype and the avatar that we are here as, which I will say in comparison to what I used to live with, um, it's like a hundred times more than just saying like, I'm so much happier. Yeah, I still have struggles. I'm not always happy, but this is so much better of a, like, I'm like, I feel more comfortable in my skin. I feel more like at ease in my life. I know Zen. I know peace. And so I just want to say that one is still really prevalent. And I see it all the time, just like my eyelash girl and I were talking about. But it's also one that I know if a woman is stuck in that trauma or in that behavior, it's not purgatory at all. Like this, the woman sitting here today, I'm aware of what I wear when I go out. I know what's going to draw attention. Like, like what you see on camera, if you're on camera, like I know if I walked out of the house wearing something like this, that slightly shows cleavage, it's tight fitted, my hair's up, whatever. I do understand that is going to attract a man's attention. There's nothing wounded about attracting a man's attention, attention. 
but the the side of me now knows that I'm not my intentions are to not do that so there's like a level of responsibility that I get to carry now where I'm much more careful about what I wear like I actually wouldn't wear this out and I know that might piss some women off and maybe some men too and transgenders like I don't even know like I don't even like want to say men and women anymore because I know that it's so much bigger than that in our in in our world now but um I feel like there's a level of responsibility that I can carry in this so that I'm not always positioning myself to evoke a man into that behavior that maybe is his wounded behavior and at the same time like if I'm just showing up as I am and a man acknowledges me in a way that's honorable and respecting it's a compliment and then I'm like thanks man I kind of you know I don't mind that I'm 45 like I don't mind a little nice compliment here and there every once in a while but it's not coming from a place of neediness so again this is something I see that's very relevant still not relevant prevalent still Um, it pains me when I see it, but at the same time that it pains me, there's like a little bit of joy that rises up in me of like, hell yeah, I know that women do not have to live. This is not purgatory. There is another side. And I'm really grateful to be on the other side of that, even though it doesn't like, you don't get to, I I have not obliterated it. Let's put it that way. It still shows up a little bit for me. Well, if if, if everybody, I want to kind of add to this. I was just thinking as I was listening to you, because again, I want to remember, remind people that it's not female and male. Because this is feminine traits, and I can name tons of men that seek validation from other oh, men. It's and, and it's not in a physical way. It's not even in a sexual way. It's not because they're attracted to the man. But there's still men that seek validation from men in oh, groups and sports. What you mean. Like men to men. Men to men. So it's not a female male thing. It's still a feminine energy, I think, that comes through in the way it's wounded. I think there's plenty of men that seek validation from other men right. and want to fit in, whatever that looks like. So um, anything else you want to add on the wounded feminine before we go into the healed feminine? Yeah. Wounded feminine. One that I don't think I really like touched on is just being um, insecure around other women. Like that's that's a really big one. I know I kind of touched on it, but um, not being this is an extremely wounded quality. Again, very prevalent still. I know that, um, you know, a lot of people are are in their lessons and they're going through their things and it's perfect for where they're at. So it's not about a judgment, but I do still see that it is very difficult for women to be able to see the light and the gifts in other women and honor it. So for me, that, that was extremely difficult. That, that was pretty almost like a, it's, it's a close second to feeling needy to a man's validation, not being able to honor and celebrate a woman's gifts. And it didn't matter whatever the gifts are like, I I mean, as catty as this may sound, this is actually what it was like for me. Back in the fitness days for me, when I spent so much time in the gym and fine tuning my body and and really in a wounded, uh, coming from a deeply wounded place at that time in my life. If another woman had something that I was striving for and she either naturally had it or she had worked for it because she had something like a grit or or she had a, a commitment, mm-hmm. I couldn't handle it. Like it, it it was like it would piss me off. I would either like shame her, talk crap like I couldn't handle it. And so, yeah, this is something that I, I would say even again, putting a pin in this podcast so that we could come back and maybe even talk about this, even, you know, bringing one of my friend guests on uh, my friends on as a guest to talk about this, because when you're in a wounded place as a feminine, 
it is very difficult to be able to actually be around another woman who has her shit together in one way or another. It's very difficult. That is definitely a huge wounded feminine trait. Okay. So the last section we have here is your healed feminine. And so we've gone through everything except for that at this point. But for you, the first thing you said is soft with your touch and soft with your words. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, I think that's most people could, would, would actually probably say that, like, you know how you say a ma a masculine or man is very strong. It's, it is very much so the opposite. So it's, yeah, it is, it's black and white. It's just being gentle and tender with my touch and feeling more connected with my application of my energy physically and in my, in my verbalizations being softer and kinder, but yeah, it goes back to the intentions. If I'm in a place of like love, if I'm coming from a place of love, then that is what just exudes out of me. Okay. That is a very healed feminine. Okay. Uh, safe and confident within my own sexuality as a woman. Well, yeah, this, and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with being needy to a man and, and being insecure around men and women and not feeling comfortable or confident to be able to go out of the house no matter what, like I either, uh, you know, didn't feel confident going out because I didn't feel good enough or I felt like way too hot or attractive, whatever. And then I didn't feel good to go out for those reasons. This is like the opposite. This is where I, I feel comfortable in my skin and safe in my skin, no matter what, because I know who I am. I know what my intentions are. I know where my sexual connection is is being directed to, which was a huge part of the wound for me, is where I was directing my sexual energy, which was which was like not at home and not with my husband. And it was not and it was not to myself. My 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 sexual energy wasn't even being like alchemized within my own self. It was just being given out and given out and like directed in all kinds of places. So in in the healed feminine energy, I have direct over my sexual energy and I want to make it clear that for me when I say that it is not sex sex is a byproduct of this sex is secondary to this this is the kundalini or the 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 prana energy that runs through all of us this is me being able to direct it and being confident in how I direct it and how it runs through me and my purity and my intentions and when I have that in check and I feel very deeply connected to myself sexually and sex great after that, but I'm comfortable even just leaving the house. Like I, I feel okay about myself and safe in my own skin. I'm not waiting for other people to make me feel safe necessarily. Although that's part of it. I mean, safety comes in, in all ways. So, and also feeling, feeling comfortable and confident when I go around other people that they're either not going to feel threatened by it because when you when you encounter somebody who is dialed into their sexual energy and does have that directed and they are I don't want to say in control because I don't think I don't believe this is we don't get to control the energy that comes through us we get to surrender to it and learn how to work with it but when you encounter somebody like that that is in that energy it can be either terrifying uh completely dominating to you you know threatening everything or it could be alluring and empowering and magnetizing and um there is a difference but whatever other people's reactions are to it 
I'm not carrying that responsibility as long as I'm showing up in, in the purest of intentions. Yeah. Okay. The next one you have on here is emotionally stable and available for all my loved ones. Well, yeah. I mean, not erratic, not flying off the handle, like being able to just be, um, in that state of love with the, with the healed feminine energy and, um, yeah, being able to be there for them. Like it's, it's super healed to me as a feminine being, um, not just the feminine energy, but as a feminine female, like I embody the feminine energy in large part. Um, it's super healing to me. It's super healed to me as a woman to be able to be there for my family emotionally. And what I mean by that is like just being able to hold space. Like one of my children having an issue in their life and me being able to drop everything and be completely present with them. Or if they're wanting to celebrate something, like we're gonna celebrate it, but me being completely present with them. Or like when we go on our date nights or our weekends or whatever, me being completely present with our relationship. So it's not, it's not, um, it's not necessarily not erratic and you're stabilized. It's so much more than that. It's actually being able to be present when you're with your family. So yeah, that's super healed to me. That's something I like that to me is like my nourishment. When I know that I can show up like that, I'm like, damn, life is good. Like, honest to God, like, that is how it feels for me as a woman and a, and a mother and a wife. Life is good. If I'm able to show up in that last one, then life is good. Yeah, it's great if I have a soft touch. It's great if I can talk softly with my with my verbalizations on what I say. Like, yeah, it's nice when I'm like this and I'm like, hey, John, like, oh, life is good. No, but that's not, that's like not where I feel completely nourished. I feel completely nourished when I'm like, what happened today? And I just can sit there and like, I'm not trying to get a step ahead. I'm not trying to judge. I'm not interrupting when I can do that, man, I feel like a freaking champion. I feel so damn good about myself and it's not easy. It's like my kids constantly tell me you interrupt all the time. And even on the podcast, I'm like, shit, I do it to you. I'm like, I'm like real quick to like, let's skip to the next step. Let's da 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 da. So like I said, when I can do this last one, I feel completely nourished. It is an amazing feeling for me as a woman and a wife. Amazing. So yeah. Well, you've got one last one on here. And I, and, and I think this one, it, you kind of spoke about it before, but I think I it's important more? important to go through it. Yeah. Because it's, I think when you said you're going to drop a pin on this, this is probably a topic that you're going to come back on another episode. But what you had in here is gentle honor and awareness around your moon cycle and what my body needs. Yeah, that was, that's like what I should have said to that other one. Um, whatever that other one was. This is something that I've been hearing for maybe I've been kind of hearing women talk about it, you know, like, let's say women's circles in the last four years that I've spent time in women's circles. But before that, I started hearing like my daughters kind of talk about moon cycle tracking or period trackers. My doctors even said it to me before in the past because I would have like really heavy periods and she'd be like, well, let's start tracking it. When was your last cycle? And I'm like, I have no freaking clue. And then like every once in a while in my life, I would. I would wonder, am I PMSing? Like, am I PMSing? Oh no, you start tracking that and you can, you can predict when you're probably going to feel certain things or you'll be able to, you know, some for, for most women and not every woman is in this position, but you'll be able to predict when your cycle is about to start, you know, how long your cycle is going to be. So 
having some sort of um, tracking system around this. And for me, what I started doing, FYI, in case this helps anybody out there, when I journal every single day, um, and I don't journal pages and pages because that sounded really arrogant as fucking hell. Like I journal every day. No, I journal like four sentences and I wrap it up. I close my book. Literally go look. I literally, that's like what I do. But one of those sentences tracks what, what I'm going through in my period. Did I start? Did it end? Was today, did today feel just like a very emotionally charged day? And I didn't know why. Like I'm, I'm like really tracking that. When I see through my tracking, any correlations in the, like the statistics, like I can gather statistics, then I'm able to see how I can have grace and mercy on myself, let alone this dude over here started getting on the bandwagon and you're tracking it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Do you have it in your phone? What is it? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm not tracking the paper yet. Oh, but I, I would. Done. I would, I would get a tracker. You should, you should have a period tracker on your phone. <laughs> they, I bet they have men period trackers. Like this is not, and this, I already hear some of the audience that, 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 that is like, that's like, did you go through anything when I said that? Like you should have a period tracker on your phone. What did that evoke out of you? What did that trigger in you? Anything? Well, only because I, and I, it's only because I have more awareness around this. Like, I think there is a cycle for men. I think that we have an emotional thing, but I think for me, because we're going through this and we've talked about this, it's actually very helpful for me to know. Well, I meant like you should have a period tracker on your phone to track me because historically speaking, women have been shamed for this. Again, another freaking podcast episode, but we don't need to be always bitching. But women have been shamed. We have been shamed for our, our you know, oh, it, she's PMSing like... There's so many TikToks, there's so many Instagrams, and it's like, you know, be warned when a woman is, you know, whatever. And it, it, it kind of puts us in this place of like, I mean, this is like a lot of women, I don't need to get all into it, but if you trace back witch hunts and you trace back uh, paganism times, like what happened to women because of their emotional erraticism, their emotional instability that were directly tied to their cycle, and the moon and the, uh, the, the um, energetic impressions, ast- astrologically speaking, we don't need to get into all that. It doesn't matter so much right now as much as saying that there is a lot that happens to a woman, to a woman every single month. But it also happens to a partner too if this is not something that is carefully monitored and carefully I saw um, Samantha, our oldest, or Montessa, one of them sent me, I want to say a TikTok or something on Instagram recently. I don't have TikTok anymore. I watch these things on Instagram. I just need to be able to say that because that was hard to give up TikTok, but I did a long time ago. So I watched some of these things on Instagram. So it was something on Instagram and it, and it was this guy that dances when his wife starts her moon cycle or or. When he, when she's struggling emotionally, he, they like have a dance. He'll like get her off the couch and they'll have a dance or whatever. It's really cute. It's super cheesy as hell, but it's really cute. That's what I'm talking about. Embracing it together. If you're in a relationship, man to man, woman to woman, marriage, not marriage, doesn't matter in a relationship. I think embracing this together to where 
this is also something when I say I'm tracking this for myself to have grace and mercy on myself. I'm also really doing that for you too, because this is something that you also have to live with. This isn't something that you get to just bypass. You don't. <laughs> it's in your face every single month when, you know, when I'm, when I'm going through these emotional changes. And that's one of the beautiful things about, about women in general, the, the, the feminine energy in a woman is how we can, we are here to help dance that dance of the emotions like that. Um, but to your point, you think men need to have it too, huh? Yeah. I think, I, I, I think I've thought that for the longest time that there's we don't have the same cycle as you, but there's emotional times in a month where I'm up and down. And I wish there was a way to track them. There probably is something out there to do that. But I know when we talk about for you, and it's been very short-lived. I mean, we're just starting to do this, at least right. on my side, that it's helpful for me. It doesn't give me an excuse. It doesn't, it just says, okay, I can understand a little bit different. Awareness. And it helps me to have a different way to try and show up mm -hmm. because I can understand where you're, what you're going through, even though I can't physiologically feel it. It's very helpful. But I do think that men have cycles just as well as women do. I would say you physiologically feel it 110%. When when I'm going through it and then you're experiencing it with me, you're physiologically feeling it, I would say. And, you know, it, the, the, the scientific side of it a little bit, just even logically, scientifically placing an understanding on this around neuropathways. There are neuropathways that are developed for you indirectly. When you go through the experience month after month after month, we've been married for 22 years, month after month. And my cycles are like clockwork. So if you're not having your own cycle that maybe we haven't directly discovered scientifically, you are indirectly having a cycle. Zero questions to me. I don't need science to prove that. And I certainly don't need anybody to prove that. I know for a fact that you are having a cycle. And the neurological patterning that develops over time for you. And so I would, I would venture to say, track your days that you feel down, track your days that you feel weak, track your days that you feel um, uh, like uh, vulnerable to succumb to some of your list. Seriously, I mean, I would track it. And I'm saying that like to myself right now, thinking like, shit, my four sentences, I journal every day, just jump to eight, because I think there's a lot more tracking that I could be doing for myself as well. But anyway, so I would say this is a huge one, just having, having grace and mercy around this um, for for myself, first and foremost, um, because for a long, 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 long time, up until maybe three years ago, I really did believe that I was fucked up. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the things that I heard growing up was y y your brothers don't get to do that. Why are you doing that? Or all the, all of the things that men say about women around their cycle. I mean, just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. The amount of shame and just filth that's been displayed around women in their cycle and women too. Women do it to each other too. It's, it's, yeah. So, and this is something that, um, I think with tracking it has helped to begin to rewrite this. And like, we're talking about build the silver lining around this. Yeah. We went through a lot of this struggle in history and, um, you know, we've endured a lot us as women and you as men and us as beings, but it doesn't mean that there isn't some relief and lessons learned and evolution, yeah, hell yeah, man. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to look at it the same way that I was shown to look at it at 16. 
I don't have to look at it like that anymore. And guess what? I don't have to look at it. And we're in a podcast talking about it this way. And I hope to reach a lot of people with that, this one little part of this podcast. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's evolution and there's a lot of relief and uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I have to say before we kind of start to wrap up here, because we both have gone through this now. And so for anybody that has never done this before, this was not easy. At least it was not easy for me. So I'm, I'm very thankful that Jeanette went through it because I don't think it's easy for her to have to actually, for me, it was harder to sit down and write these than it actually was to speak because I was sitting by myself going through it, but we've gone through it together. Um, I think it's fair enough that since you were the one that got in the hot seat today and got sacrificed that you can kind of close us out and share kind of what this overall experience has been for you. Oh, I went through the hot seat and now I have to close us out. <laughs> um, amazing because I am emotionally liberating myself amazing because I am offering emotional liberation for other women and um, while this we've said this over and over that this is not about the man or the woman with the masculine and feminine the whole podcast was not about that but the tail end of it that I get to say my piece since you opened that up for me to be able to say is I personally very personally hope to be able to liberate other women in some of the things that I shared in that awareness. And, um, that's what I, that my, my hopes are that my intentions are around awareness around masculine and feminine. That is, that was our, our, both of our intentions, but my hopes are that women walk away from today's podcast and feel like, fuck yeah, excuse my French, not excuse my French, like, fuck yeah. Like, damn, yeah, I feel that way too. Like, wow, we're a lot alike. Like, wow, we, we're, you know, there's a lot of similarities. Like, you know, that's what I hope. What about you? Since we're wrapping up this series, this two-part series, we act like it's some big thing. What is your hope? What is your yeah, hope? So, so I was actually listening to you and I was thinking about this in the entire time, both through both episodes. To actually go through this and to do the exercise, that's my hope, that um, and a man out there listening with, cause it's hard enough to get in front of camera and do this, all, but you don't have to go that far. If you just sat down and said, okay, let me just think about what these look like for me. That was a really big exercise for me to sit down and write down. And I think I tried to write down five things that showed up for wounded masculine traits, five things for my wounded feminine. That would be the biggest thing that I would ask for people is just to sit down. If you never have to share with anybody, I can promise you it would just bring an awareness to you that you maybe didn't ever have before. It did for me. And going through the exercise to actually have to sit down and answer these questions for myself, that's what I would ask for anybody listening because I think it can be, like you said, liberating, it's freeing, and it, it helps you feel like you're not a victim. Like I, I felt like, okay, I'm not a victim. I know what, what's happening here. I could tie it to behaviors from the past. I could tie it to ancestrals. But once I'm aware, then I can actually start to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I would ask for anybody that's listening to this to say, do the exercise. See where it takes you. The exercise, by the way, if we if we were to preface it as, hey, ask yourself, what are your five top traits that are wounded masculine and then healed masculine, wounded feminine, healed feminine? I think we need to reverse that. I would just write down your most unattractive um, behaviors, your the, the, the things that you tend to do that feel like a pattern that you can't seem to break, the things that you're not proud of, the things that you might feel ashamed of or embarrassed by. Like it is extremely embarrassing for me to say that I ever cared if a man thought my body was good enough. 
like I only saw my own body through the objectified lens of a man through how he saw women as a pornographic pornographic object do I look good enough as a pornographic object that's literally the freaking lens that is embarrassing and now listen I'm not sitting here trying to embrace embarrassment right now but it's embarrassing that's very difficult so I mean you don't need to worry about masculine feminine blah 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 I would say just writing down your most toxic embarrassing more shameful behaviors just writing that down and then I mean if you can go from there and see if you're able to identify it as more feminine and masculine that's going to help but I don't know yeah no I I think that's a perfect way I think that's what really kind of helped me in the process although I did have questions it was the things that I didn't want to write down that I was most ashamed about that actually gave me the most awareness and the most release and liberation completely liberation and I, I would say release and liberation on the stuff that I didn't want to write down. Because, dude, this is your story. Mm-hmm. This is your story. This is my story. And in order for us to own our story, we have to be able to own our story. That's liberation. Knowing yourself, self-awareness. Yeah. So, all right. So next time we're going to come on here and we're going to be like super bright and cheery. And we're <laughs> going to be like, like just, yeah, I mean just total beacons of light and total positivity. No, but on the real, I think that there's a lot of silver lining that needs to be shot, uh, shined light on right now, as far as what we're facing, what we're seeing as a united consciousness in the world right now, because I don't think any single person in this entire world can disagree that things have gotten much harder since COVID um, in the world collectively, but maybe, you know, maybe in a lot of ways easier in your own personal life, or I don't know, I don't want to say like, it's oh, so hard now, but it's definitely, we're facing some massive challenges. Massive, massive. So, all right, we will be back here next round in the studio, ready to go for beacons of light. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for being here for another episode of Rising of the Divine podcast. If you are listening to this and you're not on Spotify, be sure to head over to Spotify because you'll be able to see our video where we are recording in our studio and we do air that on Spotify. And one last thing, don't forget to hit follow so you can be alerted every time we air a brand new episode of Rising of the Divine. We look forward to seeing you guys next at our next episode. All right. See you guys.